It's, okay, exhibit A. Uh, we got... Hey, what are you doing, man? Uh, I'm just trying to write down this case, you know, I'm trying to lawyer this case up. And I'm, uh, I'm going over to evidence right now, I got exhibit A right here, and you know what? I don't even know what exhibit A is yet, so I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Anything I could do? I don't know. Dude, I went to the, I've been in law school for so long. I've taken the bar so many times, you know, I'm a good lawyer, I, I got this. Yeah, yeah, you've you've taken the bar a lot. You've never passed it, but you've taken it a lot. Um, it's like I'm I'm basically an honorary member at this point. You know, I give them so much yeah. money to take the test. Yeah, they they basically got to let you in. Um, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the law, but I I do write, as you know, for my turtle tales. And one thing I always do when I'm feeling blocked is I play a song and I use a montage. So maybe it'll work for you, maybe it wouldn't, but. Give it a shot. Montage, eh? I'm gonna go beat off. Alright. Got my notepad here. Got some clips to learn from. Got all the experts around me. Let's do this. I'm ready. Alright. Hearsay. Mitchell vs. McConnell. 1952. Good year. Still valid case law. Gotta uh, check the standing on that case. Still valid. We're good. All right, here we go. Your Honor, what are we even doing here? Objection. Hearsay. Uh, Your Honor, relevancy. May we approach the bench? Okay, I think I'm good. Now it's time to hear the experts talk. Here we go. Did you know it was wrong when you woke up that morning? Wrong morning. Hey, no, baby, I don't use rubbers. It's better bareback. Bareback. Your biological clock. Biological clock. This is a story about a little girl. Now imagine she's white. White girl. Little problem with uh, Jackie Lemanchik and this Polish woman. Polish woman. I like a goof. As much as the next guy. Hell, in college, me and my Polak roommate. Polak roommate. Give us Give us free! Give us free. DA wanna box me in, but somehow I beat them charges like Rocky. It's to the ISO, B to the LA. Guilty, who would not feel it? Yeah. It exists. Poof. Bitch. How's it going, Andrew? Oh, what? Oh, great. Uh, wow. Well, uh, turn off. Hi. What's up? Uh, it's it's been like three days. You've been locked up in here. What's oh? What's going uh, on? It's been going really good. Uh, I mean, I wrote so many notes. Uh, I think. Oh, yeah, is, uh, uh, is, is that the case? Yeah. Why aren't you looking at my case notes? Yeah, let me take a look. Um, how, what, what do you feel about it? How do you think? You think it came? Uh, yeah, I have a good case strategy. I think. <clears throat> okay. Uh, well, let's take a look. Um, Your Honor, what are we even doing here? Uh, objection. Relevancy. Uh, I mean, so far it's just a whole bunch of you know just things that people say in courtroom dramas. Well, it's not much of a case. But, I mean, uh, I think it shows promise. I think give us free is a good closing we could use. Rubbers, 
raw, raw, rare bareback in it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, this is all you have? You've been here for three days. I, did you check the green folder? No, I didn't. What's in the green folder? Notes. Um, all right. Well, I mean, do you still feel blocked? That's that's ultimately what this is about. We no, could, I we feel could, we could crystal clear. We're good. All right. Um, I'm sure right. this case is gonna be walking the park. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know. Maybe you should go go home for the rest of the day. Take a nap or something. I mean, we're, we're recording like in five minutes. Uh, oof, um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, who's coming in? Josh. We have Josh coming in. Okay. Well, should we introduce we the show we... now before he gets here? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Let me get in character first. I'm your host, Andrew, and sitting here next to me is my cohort in crime, Eric. Eric, welcome. Yes. So we're here. Good to be here once again. We're here for talking about Turtle. Uh, uh, Legal troubles abound. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, there's a little something going on, but we're still here. We're still pumping them out. Uh, We got our, our guest today, the wonderful Josh Hall is coming in any minute now. Josh and um, you know, Josh is going to be instrumental to our character. What time is Josh supposed to be here at? Eight o'clock, eight thirty. Okay, we, I think he should be here in a few minutes. All right, you ready to play that song? Yeah. I think yeah. the song's um, going to be really wait, good. I, hang, hang on, what? Oh uh, yeah, I, I just got a text. He's he's on his way up. Oh good. Get it ready. I think he's going to love this. He is going to flip his lid about this. It is bonkers bananas good. Now remember, now remember, we got to get on his good side here. All right. I know, I know, I know. I don't, I don't want to lose my money. We can't have him flipping on us during trial. All right. So this is big. This is big. Game face. You know. You know what's worse? The stakes can be higher because if they win the lawsuit, they get the right to talking about turtle. Right. And you know, someone might go to prison for murder. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that. But I mean, that's that's lesser. That's lesser. Who cares? Yeah, no one, no one really, no one's really asked me about that. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows about it yet, so we're in the clear, baby. Yeah. All right, he's coming. All right. You gonna open that door, big boy? There he is. There he is. Have you ever seen scarecrow filled with nothing? If you ever seen that scarecrow, then you've seen me. That's you, baby. Have you ever seen a one-armed man punching at nothing but the breeze? Have you ever seen a one-armed man, then you seen me? Well, I, I like coming in to you, music. Josh, come walking in through the door. And you see Josh. He's gonna blow your mind like no one's ever done before. God, the rest of us, Josh. Okay. You're singing Tell this me, friend. is beautiful. Can you ask for anything more? And I do like coming into music, as I said, but I'm not really sure what that song's all about. Am I a scarecrow? 
Is that what I am to you? <laughs> You're more than that, my friend. You're more than that. We love you, baby. Come here. G- yeah, g- yeah. Give us a kiss. Give a kiss. Uh, all right. All right. All right. All right, you're smothering me. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> all, right, all right. One more before right. Okay. All right. Good. Ah, Good Josh. to have you back, Josh. Well, I've never been here, so. Well, I mean, you've been in the studio well, you've before. Been the, you've been here. You've been here since day one, in a way. That is true. That you're absolutely right. I, I would say that people know the work that I do before they know the work that you do. He's <laughs> he's got us there. Right. Right, uh, you know, so uh, why don't you uh, tell us your relationship to this show? Well, uh, back when you were both sort of toying with the idea of starting an Entourage podcast, which I wasn't really on board with, but you both seemed, uh, we'll just say, kind of desperate. I don't want to throw you under the bus here, but <laughs> you you really wanted to get this going, and, and I like to help people out, you know, charity and whatnot. It's always kind of my thing. And so I said that I would design some art for you, and oh, no, 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 no. beautiful I'm art. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I meant your relationship to Entourage. I don't mean talking about Daryl. No, no. Oh, oh. Eric, oh, you spilled no. some uh, gabagool in that mic. Could you clean it up a little bit? All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'll clean that up in a second. Josh, uh, so I believe you are the artiste behind talking about Turtle in a way. Well. Yes, but didn't you just want to know about my relationship with the show? You guys are very yeah. scattershot here. I, I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always the joker you are. Yeah, tell, tell us about your relationship to Entourage. All right, well, uh, I've never watched the show before because I am very busy, a very busy artist, as you no doubt realize. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm being extremely charitable, once again, by taking my very valuable time and coming here today to talk to you about this show that I've never seen before and uh, this is the first episode that I've ever watched and if this is indicative of the high marks set by the show uh, I'm I'm unsure of what the rest of the show looks like. Now, how do you get by as an artist? I mean, that, that must be tough you know, between, you know, just the instability of the whole thing and you know, people who, who you, you're doing work for kind of flaking out on you, not really paying. How do you, how do you get by, uh, you know, as an artist in today's world? Well, it is difficult. Uh, it's not a very lucrative profession sometimes, although you can occasionally create something that appeals to a very uh, specific person who has a lot of money to spend. And, yeah. Uh, they yeah, will, finished drawings. They will give you uh, quite a bit of money for your art, and yeah. that's always a really nice thing when that happens. Inflation other art. times, other times you you are charitable when people need it, and you help them out, even though it goes against that little voice in the back of your your head that says, "Don't do this because you're never going to get anything out of it." Uh, but you do it anyway because you want to help those who are at a lower station than you are. So it kind of goes both ways. Sometimes you do things for free. Sometimes you do things for very large amounts of money. Yeah, well, I've been there before. Salute. 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 Let's, uh, to Josh. There we go. Salute to Josh. Mm. Oh, thank you. It didn't go down good that time. Oh, no. never does. Are you guys both sick? Should I even be here? No, no, we're good. Uh, we're fine. We'll, we'll be all right. Ugh. Ugh. <coughs> Do we get started? Hey, yes, let's please. get let's, it started let's get in going here. Because I, as again, again, as I said, my time is valuable. I could be creating masterworks right now, 
and yet I'm here talking about this show. So let's let's get going and let's let's get through this. Maybe you guys can explain some things about this show that I'm just not seeing. Josh, where do you get that Devo hat, by the way? Where do I get the what? That Devo hat. I made this actually oh, uh, with the help of uh, Mark's Mark Mothersbaugh. He he came by the studio and we put this together uh, together, and it was a uh, was a beautiful afternoon. Can I have it? Dyn- dynamite hat. Dynamite hat. Could I have it? I'll, I'll think about it. We'll see how the show goes, and maybe, uh, again, I will bestow more charity upon you, and I will give you this hat. <laughs> Signed by uh, Mark Mothersbaugh inside, actually. I don't know who that is, but I do want the hat. He's from Devo. Who? He's from Devo. Yeah. You ever do opium? I've done a number of. Is this this is going out live or is this edited in any way? Oh yeah, yeah. Artist did opium, so I was just asking. Well, let's not get into the the various things I may or may not have done at some point in time. Perhaps again, this is all hypothetical. So l- let us let's let's move on. Come on, you guys have a show to do. You're you're not being very professional here. And if if I'm oh. supposed to oh, think okay, that this okay. is some sort of professional organization that the Milk Nerd Network wanted this show on their network, I, I I'm not really seeing what they saw. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a hard pit. That sounds like a, a you know a pitch. Or you want us to pitch you or sell you on. Uh, they, on you want to sell? Yeah. <clears throat> well. Yes. Um, convince me to watch another episode. <laughs> that shouldn't be okay. too hard. All right. Well, uh, one day in the valley is episode two of season three, mm-hmm. and uh, this was an episode that Andrew and I looked forward to uh, as one of the best uh, the series had to offer. Now, Andrew, did that reputation uh, stay for you? I watched this episode twice. In two days. And you know what? First viewing, great. Second viewing, almost great. Very good. Very good episode. Very strong right. outing for the show. All right. Um, Josh, what did you think of this? I thought it was okay. Uh, with with Andrew's insistence that this is one of the better episodes of the series, I'm a little unsure. But I thought there were some okay moments throughout. I, I, but I also feel like there might be an issue with this show and and again I can't speak to other episodes but it didn't appear uh, like anything bad happened to these characters they they seem to just get away with everything yeah that's everything worked out why would you want to watch it if something bad happens well I felt like there should be some drama no pun intended in the (laughs) show and that's a good joke joke. (laughs) it really was really funny that was really good That was a good one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, God. He's an artist and he's hilarious. But basically, once they get to the high school party, I kept expecting something bad to happen. And nothing bad happened. It was a little disappointing. Yeah. You, you know, you're expecting I like some tra- for- I like some. I like some tragedy in my comedy. That's fair enough. That's That is that is endemic to the show. Well, uh, the show is not a Greek tragedy. It's entourage. It's Hollywood see-through showbiz world. Yeah, it's wish fulfillment. All right, well, sort of, so explain to me uh, sort of where these characters uh, start off and then where they end up, because I I was having a They start off at the bottom and now they're here. They brought their whole crew and their whole team running. You mean in this episode or like the the broad uh, the broad trajectory of these characters? This, this episode, because the this characters episode. start at one place and they end at another place, and, and I guess I was trying to understand how... Adrian Grenier 
uh, could be Aquaman because that doesn't really work for me uh, being perfect an Aquaman casting. purist and yes. I, I wasn't uh, quite sure so he is Aquaman actually we didn't get to he see is. the we didn't get to see the the, the finishing shot of that uh, movie that is supposedly directed by James Cameron but certainly doesn't Ooh, look like it's it. a really well directed scene because there's at least uh, let's talk about that scene they're watching in the tr- uh, theater they go see Aquaman the theater of a live audience the theater's yep. full Erwin's packed house and the whole gang sitting in the top row and I gotta give it up to them. That's a pretty nice way to do that. They uh, gave everyone else the good seats. They sit in the top row. That was nice. Yeah, of them. totally. Uh, <clears throat> so they're watching the movie, and they're getting to this climatic scene where Vince is running on a dock, and there's like a tidal wave coming. There's people running, and it's shot so poorly. There's a part where there's an aerial shot of the crowd running. It cuts to Vince running, and then it cuts yeah. to another overhead shot again. It's yeah. really weird. I didn't think the shot selection was bad. I just thought the editing was a little awkward and clumsy. No, the, the editing is terrible. Yeah, the editing is what I had the problem with. Not the shot, not the filming itself. Well, there's um, a really good shot where he's running to the dock, and that would have been really cool if they uh, just had that as a long take. Instead yeah, yeah of, no, I agree. Here, here's my question. So in in the world of Entourage, is Aquaman supposed to be a good movie? Does that come up later on? I believe it's season? supposed to be a good movie. It's... It wouldn't make this much buco Dolores if it was bad. Because at the end of the episode, he, he Ari tells them that it's uh, it's made $116 million, essentially. That it's it's beaten Spider-Man's opening record, which at the time was crazy. Well, Josh, you're jumping all over the place here. Let's let's keep things focused, all right? We don't well, do that. I don't in know talk- how this ramshackle show works. Okay, don't you call. You have to guide don't, it. You are the I'll, host. D- Mm. One guy's telling me to talk about art. One guy's telling me to talk about my relationship with the show. You, you guys got to get it together. Okay, Josh. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Andrew. <laughs> you asked me here. <laughs> all right, Josh. You tested me here, but, I mean, you we're friends here. We're all good friends here. <laughs> we're best friends. Give me more kisses. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, all takes place one day in the valley as the boys take a trip to take their minds off the opening B.O. numbers for Aquaman coming in because no one's sure yet. It's the opening day. Everyone's got all right. the jitters. It's a smelly episode. You could smell the B.O. coming in my whole way. Uh, there's also the great side plot of Ari worrying about the numbers too. And, and not, not having sex with his wife until the movie opens. I guess it's like right. Raging Bull joke maybe. Yeah, well, Raging Bull, it's kind of it's been like a mini convention in a few things, you know, don't no, 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 hanky panky until the game, the big game is over and shit like that. I can't nut until I nut. Right. So he's his wife and uh, you know is is really rearing to go and he's not you know oh no not until after uh, the opening and that's kind of we we cut back and forth between that and Vince and the guys. All of their plots are pretty much consolidated here. Um, Very nice storytelling. It's tight. It's tight for this show. Um, instead of juggling between Ari and Vince and E and Drama and Turtle with their little D plots that usually go nowhere. <laughs> Our Turtle um, going to a video game convention. Uh, we got the movie stuff, which leads to the blackout, which leads to the primary uh, conflict of the episode, which there's these rolling blackouts going uh, through the valley and then to the you know L.A. proper, um, you know, eventually getting there and thus threatening to screw up the box office opening for Aquaman. Yeah, no more Bafo Bio for Aquaman. And uh, it, I thought this was a... 
I'll, I'll get into a little later about how I ultimately felt about this episode, but I, I still really think that it was a good way to frame a conflict um, on the show. You know, the Rolling Blackouts, it, it sounds pretty good. It's, it's, it's a nice little geographical uh, quirk between the heat and the blackouts. Uh, give the episode some personality, some sense of geographic something. And um, I thought it was a pretty good It doesn't conflict. make L.A. to seem to be the paradise on earth the show makes it out to be sure sure yeah um so i thought i i did like the premise of this episode a lot uh i didn't ultimately enjoy it i don't think as much as you did on rewatch not as much as i remembered enjoying it but i thought that was a, a solid conflict and a solid bit of streamlining story arcs and characters to the show's benefit yeah josh so i have a question i i I'm biding my time, waiting for my turn to speak. I'm not rude. Uh, so this is this is not you say indicative something, Josh? of yes, I'm talking. Okay. So this is not indicative of a normal entourage episode where all the characters are together. There's numerous side plots typically in this kind of show. I mean, they 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 are together a lot, and that's kind of like an ongoing joke. Like these guys don't do anything but but in the nuts and bolts of like episode to episode uh storytelling yeah there's usually like an re plot there's usually a vince in e plot and sometimes they're together sometimes they're separated and then usually turtle and drama are off doing something you know minor uh as well so as far as consolidating uh you know some of the fat of your average uh entourage episode this one does a pretty good job of avoiding some of that well i i will pay this compliment to the show uh, since this was my first episode of watching, I guess it's good that all of the characters were mostly together throughout the show, so I got to see how they interacted with one another, which I think is probably a positive, rather than having them all off on separate adventures and only reconnecting at the very end. How many seasons right. did this show get? Uh, eight. eight. Oh, Jesus. In a movie. Sequel's on its way. Mm-hmm. We're writing it. We got the script out. We haven't got commissioned yet, but I mean, we're writing it. We're writing it on spec. We're, we're pretty confident oh. that. We, yeah. What's our uh, premise so far? Uh, should we tell the audience it? Give them a little taste? Uh, you don't want to say too much, you know, because, you know, with lawsuits and whatnot, you know, you we what we say here, someone else takes it and runs with it. And then we have, you know, especially if we don't register it with the uh, WGA, we have a lawsuit on our hands. <laughs> don't want that. But um, I will say that, uh, you know, things are going to get a little dark in this one. I know. Uh, should we say a major character getting together with another major character, like Shauna finally getting together with Turtle? Shh. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to spoil it. I don't know who any of these characters are, so this means nothing to me. Turtle's but the weed one. Were you already involved in some sort of lawsuit, or is that just a rumor? Well, or? We're, we're not really involved in the lawsuit, yeah. say so much as we're the centerfolds of it. It's malarkey. Oh. It's gonna blow over. Yeah, yeah. It's not a big deal. We're we're not worried about it. Why? What have, What have you heard about it? Well, nothing really. I mean, just I know some people high up within Milk Nerd, and and you hear things from time to time, but nothing concrete. I didn't know the all of the details, but <laughs> feel free to share them with me, and so I can kind of see what sort of dire straits that you're in. Yeah. Uh. Well, or not for me. I mean, please, I don't want to be bored. It's ongoing. I'm just more, mostly curious about, you know, uh, what you heard, what you would say about us, hypothetically, if someone asked you. You think, you oh, think we're good guys, Oh, I right? see. You think we're nice guys, right? We're good guys. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose. You invited me on your podcast, which I suppose is a nice thing. You want to spend yeah, some time with me. We've given yeah, you many uh, kisses. And, and you're, Still. yes, you're being overly affectionate, maybe a, a little too much, maybe. Okay, okay back off. Yep, just, just give it a break. Uh, you played some entrance music, which I think that's a, a sort of a thrill for anyone to walk into a room and have music playing. Although I don't yep. understand why you played the song that you played. Isn't that the sad have song? Have you seen a one-armed scarecrow? Didn't you see me? So playing a very sad Bruce Springsteen song when I come into a room doesn't necessarily instill me with tons of confidence or energy, but I still... I value the boss just as much as the next guy, so I think that it's okay. Uh, but yeah, you both seem like perfectly nice guys. And again, I helped you out. I'm a charitable person, and I, yep. I helped you out with the with the artwork for your show earlier. I just want to touch on something earlier in the episode. When they go to the movie theater, they go to the movie theater, and you see the movie titles on the matinee thing. And the there are some very interesting choices there. There's Aquaman, of course. And the next two ones were a little bit weird. One movie's called Fresh Earth. The other one is far more interesting and disturbing to me. It's called Euthanasia. Really? Yeah. I, completely, I thought they, I thought the whole marquee said Aquaman. No. Like it said it repeatedly. It's when uh, a climatic scene where Johnny Drama is running out of the car to go into the movie theater. Yeah, with the towel on his head. But you can see you, Fresh Earth and Euthanasia. I missed that. What I do you think euthanasia is about, and why is it playing on this big movie screen? Yeah, it's like probably it's probably playing in one of the smaller theaters with maybe twenty seats. It's probably a German art film about life. <laughs> yeah, you death. would know about it. <laughs> it's you and your Mark Mamasberg. And Fresh Earth, I would imagine, is probably sci-fi epic, perhaps. I was thinking like a three D Werner Herzog documentary, like Encounters at the End of the World. That would, I think uh, when I think of fresh work? earth, I think of when you uh, when you freshly uh, bury a body and and the earth that you just turned over, uh, not only from digging up the hole but but from refilling it, it's it's fresh, it's freshly turned. That's what I think of when I think of fresh earth. They go into the movie theater to go watch the scene, and the scene, not very good, but uh, Turtle says to a a viewer getting up to go to the bathroom, "Yo, where are you going? You're gonna miss the best part of a movie." And he's yeah. screaming this out loud, like for everyone to hear. I guess yeah. I'm just going to the bathroom. But there's a really amazing turn to drama who has a towel on his head, looking like a Sith Lord. And he goes, "Sit yeah. down." And the man yeah, immediately we, complies. Yeah, we forgot to mention that drama's uh, little little turn to this episode is that you know he's feeling this valley heat worse than everyone. Like he's being very, uh, I guess, sensitive or or, or, or acutely. Um, perceptive to the heat that they're going to be experiencing in the valley. So he's packing a cooler. He has like a wet towel that he's wearing on his head. He's not a fan of the heat in the valley. And he's experiencing it much more than the other characters. Well, what's weird is uh, he's been in L.A. longer than all of them combined. Yeah, but I guess the valley is uniquely... It apparently gets uniquely hot. Well, no, because Ari's getting hot, too, in his office. It was like 96 at his office. Yeah, the the yeah the um the temperature all through town is is raising, but the valley apparently is where it like settles. Like it, it, a hot day, even in L.A. proper, or Hollywood or whatever, uh, it's gonna be you're gonna feel it that much worse in the valley because it's like kind of surrounded by mountains and it just that's where the grossness happens. Um, you know the gross heat pockets. Uh, but I also I found it would have been funnier if like E was like suffering this instead because. Oh, yeah. 
this is a character you don't usually see in a weakened state. Right. So it would have been a lot funnier if you see him instead of drama. And drama's like completely cool as a cucumber. Like he's like wearing a jacket. Yeah, he's like crying and and you know he needs to. Uh, Cost he, loan. I need help. Yeah. Do you, do you think the the uh, writers of this episode were trying to make it extra hot outside to mirror the heat surrounding Aquaman? Ooh, Ooh. that is that <laughs> yeah is pretty good. You got a hot summer day. You want to cool off with some Aquaman. That's uh, some Pauline Kale shit here. You're coming with uh, with there that criticism. Um, Ooh, man, I don't know. Maybe, the yeah, the heat of the film. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. That's pretty fucking. You didn't tell me this guy was so smart. Yet. <laughs> he's a genius. I tell you, he's fucking triple threat. He's got personality, poise, and personality times two. And he's a he's an artist. He's a, he's art, very artistic. Mm-hmm. Josh, artist. can you can you draw a picture of us right now? I can do that. Okay. Give me just a second. Let me. I always go with my tools. Wherever I, wherever I travel, just in case I see something that's worth. Do you have a uh, music you like to listen to when you uh, paint? You know what? Again, with my charitable nature, I will let you pick something for me. All right. Pick something that you think will inspire me as I draw you. Let me get to the good part of the song. All right, all right. Get the guns out. Let's get this done. Are you flexing? Why are you flexing? Oh, I'm just trying to get a good picture here. Oh. Oh, you're... Yeah. Are you gonna paint like that? I'm sketching. Right. That looks pretty good. Oh my god. Sketching really. Look at that line like, work. Oh, almost done. Those shadows. Okay, it's like Pedro Picasso. Oh my God! This was a very, this is a very emotional piece. Uh, I've drawn, I've drawn you both on the, the on Venice Beach, and uh, you're flexing. Beautiful, uh, Andrew. You're, you're lifting some weights. Oh my God! It's gorgeous, er- Eric. I've, I've put you on a skateboard, but it's stuck in the sand. Oh, that's right. Because you're, that's you're not, you're not moving, you're not moving forward in your life. Huh. Why is no. there blood on Eric? There's a lot of blood on Eric. So true, it's just too. A, it's just something that I... The moment I looked at him, there was just something... I, I could imagine him covered in blood. But, there's also one There's one thing I want to know. He's got, like, his eyes are like, completely red. It doesn't look like it's part of the blood. It looks like his eyes are just complete redness. Yeah, is that my blood? Yours... We're all blood, I mean that's what right. we are. We're made of blood. Right. So some of us have extra blood. Some of us have not enough. Some of us need others' blood to do yes. things. So yes. it's uh, it's whenever someone asks me to explain a piece, it's always difficult because you can't really explain art. You just right. have to look right. at it and take it in and absorb it. But thank you. But thank you both. I will I will pay you this compliment. That was very inspiring to me, and yes. it it definitely can, can, let me get something out. Can we have that? Can hang it up here, maybe. Yeah, put it in the studio. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, uh, we'll we'll consider it again. Uh, I, we'll see what are you gonna do with it? Goes. What are you gonna do with that Maybe, picture? I believe that I, I I've posted a photo of it on Instagram already, and uh, I've already got someone saying that they're willing to pay thirty thousand dollars for it. <laughs> well, <laughs> big spenders. I mean, you know, 
I, I can only I can only that? grant so many charity cases uh, throughout the year. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. All these bloodsuckers. All these bloodsuckers. These leeches. They're in the industry, I know. We know all too well about that. You don't know how many people got around us when we had money, trying to get our talking about turtle money. We lost it, but I mean, it wasn't because of them. But we didn't give yeah. it any a single red cent to them. Oh, so. So you guys are broke currently? We're not broke, per se. No, we got some money tied up, but it's currently, you know, kind of frozen. Oh, because of the lawsuit that you're at the center of. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I still get my Quiznos uh, checks, but... um, That's unrelated, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of on its... I kind of made that happen for myself. So they're not already garnishing those wages, too? No, I, I I was able to kind of secure that for myself that's that that was included in the contract that was very nice of Devilberg to let uh, Eric have that side biz Dick Devilberg can be as well he can be pretty charitable he gave almost like $50 to charity overnight it was ridiculous I couldn't believe it when I heard it I'm like what a small pittance something called uh, what was it the the one with the guns I think he gave it to that oh um, the gun show yeah yeah He he gave $50 to the gun show so while these blackouts are occurring. Ari, between his wife stuff and freaking out about the heat. Are we still to... seriously talking about this episode? Yes. I, my time. There's so valuable. much to talk about. We got okay. a lot. We got like half the episode. All right. Um, let's, Ari... let's roll through this. Like yeah. these blackouts are rolling through the okay. city. Okay. Be professional, Ari, Josh. Ari gets this Mongolian strength statue from Lloyd, uh, which he will later smash because ever since he gets it, uh, that the the blackouts only increase and the bad luck surrounding this opening day only intensifies. So he'll, he will go on to smash that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, not bad. Uh, he smashes it good. He takes like a big fucking book and just brings all hell upon it, too. What did you think about Ari's involvement or plot in this episode? Because I thought it was... Usually it's the strong point. Here it's just kind of like... It's kind of weird. Yeah. He's kind of... He's just kind of acting weird because he's like, uh, as long as I don't have to be near the wife at the end, I'm like, well... What the fuck, your wife? Why do you not want to do that? No, he says he wants to go to her. No, at the end, they go, can you give me a ride home? And then yeah. Ari goes, yeah, as long as I get to stay away, away from the house for a little bit more. Oh, right. He did say that. And okay, that's a yeah. really weird long. Was it like a joke? I guess so. I don't know. I, I, I that, that line kind of washed over me. But yeah, um, Ari's kind of kept in stasis to some degree in a way he usually isn't usually he's the one moving and and making plot things happen and here he's just kind of like waiting by phones and hanging out you know he's kind of like he's kind of like a season one self where he's kind of dispensing information to the group yeah he's just dispensing you know uh information or or cliffhangers he's like box office bo of the person that's basically what he is basically yeah and (laughs) he gives an update every few hours on what the box office results are yeah, and in a rarity for the show, he's probably the least fun thing about this episode for me. Not that he's bad. He's well, just kind of. I want to play a little clip of the best part of this episode for everyone, I think. It's a wonderful uh, scene. So, you work with Vince? Yep. Is it fun? Yep. You just talk much, huh? Not the high school girl, sweetheart. No offense. <laughs> I'm not in high school. This is my little brother's party. I'm just chaperoning. Oh. Ew. That was a real creepy turn. What a great joke. And that show... I like that. The show sympathizes with us, the viewer, going, oh yeah, this turtle guy's a real fucking creep. Well done. I like that. That, that, was, that was funny. 
I, I would have been annoyed if that would have worked and she was just really into him the whole time. Like, yeah, um, you're so cute. I love the way you wear your, <laughs> your basketball jersey. Your basketball jersey. <laughs> your hoodie um, and your uh, sweet designer Nikes. Josh, um, what do you think of Turtle? What did I think of Turtle? Yeah. I, I did like that, that scene that you just played because... It, it was nice to see her actually call him out on being kind of weird there. She also didn't say that she was over 18. She just said she wasn't in high school. So yes. Maybe she dropped out. Maybe or maybe she's, she's uh, college early, like she's 17. Yeah. There's no there was no delineation there, so I, yeah. I feel like he was only he was only uh, okay with her not being in high school. He didn't care about her age. <laughs> right. He's still a creep. Age yeah. is just a number, sweetheart. It's just a man-made design. It's just a it's just a social construct. We experience time linearly, but that's not the way it's meant to be. When you take the, the fluid totality of time, we're all the same age. Now get over here. Let me give you a big old smooch. <laughs> Come over here, I'm gonna give you a big ol' smooch. Right on the lips. So Not this, the kind of lips on your face, by the way. <laughs> when the Spider-Man stuff is kind of like a reference point throughout this episode, where, you know, they're they're approaching Spider-Man's box office numbers, then they're not, then they're projected to far fall far below it, then they ultimately surpass it. Um, but there's there's one moment uh, when they kind of get a false good news, early, you know, early good news that they're gonna they have a chance at beating it. Someone says Fuck you, Toby, um, in reference to Toby Maguire. And this made me think of uh, a topic we've briefly touched on on this show, uh, maybe last season or maybe in season one, involving Toby Maguire's uh, poker personality or poker uh, antics. Josh, are you familiar with this at all? Uh, briefly, uh, you sent over clips of your shows and I listened to them a little bit. And I remember you talking about that, but you may need to fill me in on some of the details because, again, I'm pretty busy, and I don't have time to listen to everything, so fill me in. Right, so I, I, I mentioned this. Uh, we got into a, like a little tangent about Tobey Maguire earlier in this, uh, in, in talking about Turtle. And this episode made me pull up the actual article that I remembered reading um, maybe a year or two back. And I'm just going to read the beginning of that article that kind of highlights what uh, I was talking about. Former Spider-Man actor Tobey Maguire, a regular winner in high-stakes poker games, quote, was the worst tipper, the best player, the absolute worst loser, according to Molly Bloom, who organized games for Maguire, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Ben Affleck. A Vanity Fair excerpt of Bloom's new memoir, Molly's Game, tells how a cocktail waitress from Colorado became Hollywood's poker princess, taking on more than 50 grand a night. Bloom, 36, details how the games ended for good when Maguire decided that she was making too much money. The Seabiscuit star humiliated her in front of other players, ordering her to, quote, bark like a seal who wants a fish for a $1,000 chip. She tried to laugh it off, but Maguire persisted. Quote, I'm not kidding. What's wrong? You're too rich now? You won't bark for $1,000? Bloom also tells how Maguire refused to play poker without his Shuffle Master, a 17,000 device that is supposed to deliver a fair, random shuffle every time and increase the speed of each game. One day, when Bloom was delivering a check for his winnings, McGuire suggested that she pay him to rent the machine for future games. Quote, I looked past him to the expensive, expansive foyer of his mansion in the hills. You could see straight to the ocean. I laughed. Surely he was joking. He couldn't possibly be serious about charging rent for a machine he insisted that we use from the guys whose money he was taking every week. But he was as serious as death. 
and so on and so forth. He's turned into the black suit Spider-Man from Spider-Man 3 now. Is he trying his hand at being a performance artist? Well, isn't he supposed to be in that club you were talking about? Where he's like, uh, probably like the Leonardo DiCaprio, like, fuck five or whatever they're called? Oh, yeah, we talked about that. What the hell was that? Um, I know what you're talking about. I forgot the name of him. It's basically where a bunch of Hollywood elites just get together and they brag about how much they fuck people or something like that. Uh, something like that. I don't know. Basically, just scumbags. So the 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 line the, the line delivery of fuck you Toby made me think of that and I figured this was a a proper relevant point for us to remember that Tobey Maguire was a douchebag in this case. That's pretty sad for me because I love Spider Man so much and I do love uh, Toby as Spider Man Spider Man too. Well, yeah. that's a good question. That's a good question for you then, Andrew. If you like Spider-Man so much, how would you feel if Aquaman had come out and actually beat the box office opening of Spider-Man? Do you feel like an Aquaman film could do that? If James Cameron directed it, sure. Fair enough. That's probably what drove it over the edge. I mean, James Cameron, that that name is gold, baby. Yeah. So do we ever do we ever see and you can spoil this a little bit because there's no way I'll ever watch another episode of the show. Unless yeah. you somehow convince me to come back on this ramshackle production you have here, yeah. uh, but do we ever see Aquaman in his uh, in his outfit in his costume? No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah like a like a approximation of what's supposed to look like, but it looks terrible. So I assume they changed it from that. We never yeah. know. And he, and he appears to be coming in the scene that we're shown in at a the tuxedo the episode in a tuxedo. Does Aquaman? I don't believe Aquaman. No, Aquaman. Goes has, to I don't believe was. Aquaman has ever worn a tuxedo in his fucking life. Yeah, and he's on the Santa Monica Pier in a tuxedo, so maybe he was at a. I don't know. What's what's his <laughs> he's at a bar alias? mitzvah. What's his alias in like the comic? He doesn't. Line? He's King of he Atlantis in the comics. That's it. He's just like a Poseidon type of person. He's like, like um Namor. They're just kings of the ocean. Who gives a fuck? Okay. So he doesn't have like a, a Bruce he's Wayne. Not a, he's not alias. a Batman. No, he's not a Batman or Bruce Wayne. There's no secret life. He lives in Atlantis. There's no one he's hiding from. He's king of Atlantis. Yeah, I don't get that. Then. So it's so I don't understand. Um, I guess it was it, it was cheaper to shoot an underwater scene. I guess. I mean, because I mean, it's hard to get across an Aquaman movie like in twenty seconds, probably. Right. Like, right. what are you gonna show? Right. Unless you have like and a huge budget uh, allocated to to showing like a huge fight between him and Black Manta or something. Um, and I will say that the, uh, you know, say what you will about the actual footage of Aquaman. Um, wasn't very good, but the idea of incorporating the blackout as a sort of workaround to avoid showing us more of it was kind of novel and and well done. It was a good idea. Yeah, and it does bad. leave you hanging because it is a pretty good shot at the end when he's diving into the ocean. Yeah, and you got that big tidal wave. Yeah, not bad, not terrible for again twenty seconds of trying to contextualize this this fake movie. Uh, yeah. But we should also talk about how this is so, probably the. Shut up, Josh. God damn it. Let hey. me speak. Andrew, come on. I'm sorry. Not, I got a little I mean, angry here. I got, I'm sorry. Honestly, uh, honestly it's not. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm not, John, we're your friends with you. Kisses. Kisses. Andrew, come on. You're going to get me fucking go to jail for my life. I'm going to be on for fucking murder if we don't get him. All right. D- don't hit me. I'm again. sorry, Josh. Go ahead. It, it really is not that important. Continue, please. It's, it's not necessary. We, we, can, we can talk about it later. Go okay, ahead. Good. Come on. Uh, this is probably the biggest wish fulfillment episode the show has ever done. Because basically, uh, when they're walking on the screening, they have these two nerds. One is yeah. played by Sam the Man Levine, which was crazy. I was not expecting that at all. I don't remember him. The other him. kid was the kid from, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the TGIF comedy Step by Step uh, back in the day. What, was he like the baby or something? 
Uh, no, no, no. The other kid was just kind of like, like I think it, I think it was the kid from Step by Step. I, I think, um, I think you're right. Yeah, basically, Step by Step was essentially Brady Bunch but updated. Yeah, basically. Um, and Suzanne Summers was the mom, and uh, Ooh, Suzanne Duffy. Summers. Cut me off a slice the, of that. Uh, was the um, was the father, and yeah, very very similar in plot in plot to the Brady Bunch. So Suzanne Summers is on it, you say? Yeah. Oh, gotta watch oh, that. Oh, oh. <laughs> she was the host of Figure It Out, right? She was the host of the first time I greased my. No, uh, no you're thinking of you're thinking of Summer Sanders. Oh. Oh, Summer Sanders. Oh. 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 I don't want her to help me figure it out. If you know what I mean. I like her. I like her like I like all my summers, hot and sticky. <laughs> Josh, what was that show? Where they would uh, have people in Universal Studios play games on Nickelodeon. Do you remember? Double Dare. No. Dare? No. It was something else. Where they actually would go. Up, uh, no. It would have it's like temple. No. It would ha- involve segments shot in Universal Studios. What oh, would yeah. you do? Yeah, that's it. With Mark Summers. Y- Mark Summers. Yes. Mm. Was it Mark Summers? He also hosted Double Dare. Yeah, Double Dare. Yeah. And he hosted What Would You Do? And they had the giant wall where you could go over and get prizes out of it or punch through holes and find things. I don't think that's uh, it. That. No, I, I think it's something else. It's, it had, like, numbers in the floor? Yes. No, no. It's, it's something else. No, that's it. That's the show. No, no, all no. All of it's connected. Suzanne no. Summers, Summer Sanders, Mark Summers. All connected. All related. <laughs> if you say it is, it must be true. Hi guys, this is Will. Uh, I was adding this episode and I just had to say some things here because any correct statements were being made by Josh Hollis. He may be the guest on the podcast, but when you say the wrong thing about one of my favorite shows of all time, the game show called You're On, hosted by the wonderful Phil Moore, who you might also remember from another excellent, excellent game show on Nickelodeon, Nick Arcade. I don't want to be mean to Josh, but when you come on a show and you try to present your case as uh, facts, get your facts straight before you do that, right? Figure it out. Because you know what? Uh, you're on. Thank you for deferring to my authority on this matter. So as an artist, you got any like uh, any like cool stories? Like, well, hang, on, hang on, hang on, Eric, let's back up there for a moment. We yeah. don't need to talk about yeah. Josh anymore. Uh, we got to talk about Sam the Man Levine, who's in this episode. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. as a big star, a big star. Huge. Arguably, he's a bigger star than all of the other four people in the show, aside from Jeremy Piven. Well, what is, I mean, obviously, Freaks and Geeks, and the voice of the radio kid from Wet Hot American Summer, before, not the series, the movie. Um, what else has Sam Levine been in? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Right, I forgot he was in that. Uh, yeah, but, this was, but this was before that. Well, yes. I mean, I'm talking about, like right now. Like oh, yeah. Like you're walking down the street. Who you can recognize first? Uh, Johnny Drama or Sam the Man Levine? Probably Johnny Drama. I, I would go Sam the Man Levine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know if he's a bigger star than them. I did like seeing him as a as a fan. But to to get back to what you were saying about wish fulfillment and how this in a show that already pretty much is just wall to wall wish fulfillment, they build in these two like minor side characters to like sort of be their own avatars for wish fulfillment it's like this this nesting doll it's a snake eating its own tail basically yeah in a way um you know it's like the guys watching the guys week to week 
yeah, that's that's Wishman. You know, these these blue collar guys from New York living out these this Hollywood excess. And then within that, they run into these other two guys who they fulfill their wishes, and and it's just. Not only do they kind of put in a good word with the pretty girls in school and and and, and grease the wheels with that, but they also lend them their Maserati. For the, the boys don't make the fun of them. Yeah, the boys stop making fun of them. They stand up to the bullies. It's just like cascading instances of wish fulfillment. It's like I wish celebrity would do this for me. Yeah. Uh, so most of it's kind of I guess it works in the show's universe, but then at the end of the episode, Vince gives him the Maserati. Yeah. What? <laughs> Yeah, he just gives them the Maserati for the rest of the summer. He's like, how do we get this back to you? And they're like, oh, you don't. You just drop it off at the dealership at the end of August or something. Well, what happens if they smash the car and break it? I, I, I assume Vince, I hope Vince is savvy enough, or Shauna is savvy enough to say, oh, you that got stolen, done. But, um, he, was give, he got the car, lost him at a duress. Do you think he, 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 like, out of when the camera stopped rolling, like, he gives this car to these kids, and then the second he leaves that house, he reports it's stolen, and the kids get in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> like that would be awesome like, that would give the show like a little bit of juice it would make Vince out to be like a total douche and um you know I think that would give the show a little like, well, like a drive- here's his shot you have Vince in the frame he's in the back seat of the car sitting in Ari's car and you can see out the back window the um, goose driving away and you see the geek get in the car and they start pick- driving up <laughs> and you see the police lights start going over there and then you hear two <laughs> gunshots <laughs> and then you see a smile for Vince's face very uh, slowly, and he gets like a full grin, and he just starts <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh, I would love that. That would be great. That would introduce some of the drama that I felt was missing from this episode. Because there's uh, moments of drama that you think are going to happen, like, but then the show quickly smashes it down. Yeah. Like the part where Vince goes in the uh, top of the house, like an almost famous moment. Oh, that sucked. It's like you think, okay, here we go. But here's where he's gonna lose himself. Yeah, because he's just standing so, there and he's just acting like an asshole. He's just standing there. Nothing he's saying is poignant or funny or or dark. Like it's just this the blandest speech. They For the kept blandest actor. To fall off. Yeah, something that that made me think of uh, for, uh, what's the movie with Russell Brand where he has like, oh a get him moment. to the Greek. Yeah, that has that really good moment where he. That like was really scene. good. Yeah, only he falls off at the end, and there's this very like like v- wrenching grotesque, shot of him hitting yeah. his head, and uh, no, not his, his head, arm. his like arm or something like that. He oh, breaks leg or something. Yeah. He breaks. Uh, he breaks. Um, so yeah, uh, that was really well done. But this was just kind of nothing. There was no nothing dramatic. There was nothing funny about it. It was just kind of okay. Vince is on a. I guess his sentiment was oh, like cherish your youth. You guys have the whole world in front you of you. You guys are so lucky. <laughs> But it didn't resonate with me at all. Agreed. Yeah. Josh, we've been saying all these words about this episode, but what was your favorite part? Ugh. Honestly, the the one part that I... Oh, wait, Eric, I didn't ask you yet. What was your favorite part? Oh, um... All right, well, okay. Yeah, uh, my favorite part was... Um, I don't know. I mean, for an episode that I was looking forward to so much, I guess most of drama's involvement. I liked how he was kind of being the very, uh, very sensitively feeling this heat wave and... Not only his his commanding of the guy in the movie theater who wanted to go to the bathroom, um, to his like over preparation to drive to the valley. I guess those like a pastiche of those moments were my favorite things happening in the episode. I agree, Josh. What, you were saying something, right? I was attempting to. Do you need to tell us your favorite part? Oh, you're right. Thank you. Uh, uh, my favorite part is probably so uh, 
drama telling the sit down in the theater. It's a really funny shot. It's a very quick visual slash uh, dialogue gag. It's funny. I think I think my favorite part was just the the moment where they're watching the temperature go up on the gauge in their car and they're counting off and that gave me a really good insight into the the common man and sort of the games that they play and the things they do to entertain themselves when they're not creating art. Do you think Vince is a good actor? I, I haven't seen enough of his acting. The the, mo- the most that I saw of his acting ability was running down a pier. So I can't say whether or not uh, he is more or less talented than anyone else who could do that. So it, it's hard for me to, to gauge. I, All right, I so Vince is a good actor. I got it. An additional episode, but I don't All right, want so Vince that. is a good actor. I got it. Josh, can you resonate with any of this story, uh, you know, as far as, you know, the broader arc like you characters. probably you probably have like ex- exhibitions like art shows you had to get prepared for any of them like I, this I for su- you i suppose i suppose not specifically like this but i suppose i could understand the desire to find out what the money is going to end up being where right. they they get to they're they're very concerned about hitting a certain dollar amount because if they don't they're a failure uh, and I, I can totally i can totally understand that motivation because Whenever an exhibition opens or whenever I put a new piece up for sale, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a very particular price. And if I don't get that, I do feel like a failure inside. And, and I, I do tend to go a little dark for a couple days after and, and shut myself up in, in my room and, and uh, just create. And then those pieces end up actually selling pretty well. So it's sort of a cycle. If, if things don't go as well for me the first time, they always end up better the second time around just like this episode they were afraid that it wasn't going to work and then it did Josh I just I can agree to that Josh Josh yes yes I just want to say I loved your last uh, art show Boys and Their Toys really spoke to me Mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad that you appreciated it. Uh, and, and that being said, tell me what you got out of it. Well, because I always <laughs> like to hear what people get out of my art. Because, again, as I already mentioned before, when I try to explain something, a piece of mine to someone, it never works because I can't get across what I think they should see. I can only listen to what they see. So tell me what you saw. My favorite piece was the drawing you did of a Turo Man doll. But what you did is you made the doll nude and you had like all the pieces of the clothing on the floor. So yes. he's just standing there nude for the whole audience to see. And he just kind of has his, like his hands behind his neck, head. Like he's got his like arms all to the side and he kind of looks like he's shaking his stuff. I thought yeah. that was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a, a very widely celebrated piece. How much did that go for? I, I don't like to discuss Who bought those it? Tell us the celebrity who bought it. I'll, I'll, all I'll say is that that the the threshold that the characters wanted to hit in Entourage, uh, we'll say more than that. Uh, LL Cool J was really interested in the piece, by the way. Did he buy it? Well, I, I, I can't discuss buyers of my work. Because he that kept... Is, that is It highly, was weird, because uh, he kept getting past confident. the velvet rope. He kept screaming, I want this, I want this. And he kept banging his hands against the painting, which I don't think he should do, but thank God I was under glass. Well, Cool James and I, we talked. We came to an agreement about some things. I, I can't confirm that he bought the piece, but we did, we did talk. And I'll just say that I may have created something uh, especially for him. Ooh. Any hints? Uh, no, we, we can't talk about it. I will say, 
I, I feel like I'm giving way too much away here, and this is this is I'm probably going to get some phone calls after this appearance. But no, this is the juice. Did, this is what we want to hear. All, all I'm going to say the is juice. it did. It did contain a shark, but that's as far as I'm going to go. Ooh, I, I like where that's going. I'll, I'll tell you something. I got out of your work. Um, you know, I, I might owe you a steak dinner after after this one. Uh, I went to one of your showings the other day. I went to the gallery. Beautiful people. Beautiful art. Uh, I didn't buy anything. I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. I didn't buy anything. Uh, but my work is very expensive, so I don't blame you. Yeah, um, I took pictures of everything though on my phone. Um, well, okay. Of- well, no, 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 no. Hang on. Wait, well, wait. We need to talk. We need to talk after the show because that is that was not allowed. But anyway, what? continue with your story. What do you mean? It's just it's just hanging there. Right? You can't take pictures. You are not supposed to take pictures. Our security guards obviously dropped the ball, or you came in through. Why well, Snapchatted a bunch of this to my uh, uh, my friend? Is that a problem? Well, well that's. Uh, no, Snapchat goes away, so you're fine. You're not publishing it. But here's what I here's what I did, and this is why I might owe you a steak when I'm uh, when, when I'm done with my story here. Uh, like I said, I didn't buy anything. Took pictures of everything. That night after the gallery, went to a bar, met a little young lady, and I showed them to her, and she was so impressed. And she says, "Do you, do you know this artist?" And I said, "I am this artist," and I hit a home run. You took her to Quiznos. I took her to Quiznos. So, Josh, I may owe you a steak or a Quiznos uh, because of that, because you, my friend, came through big time. <laughs> well, Cheers. I love Cheers a happy ending. Well, I will... Uh, it's a little disappointing, but it's not the first time that someone has used my artwork as a way to score with women. Yeah, uh, or with men. So it's flattering, uh, right? It's flattering. I, I, su- I suppose it's flattering in a way, but uh, <coughs> Jesus, are you okay, Andrew? You all right? Oh God. Are you are you are you allergic to the bullshit that Eric just put out? Uh, hey, that was a real story, man. I saw the pictures; they're real. Oh no, yeah. I believe that it may have been real, but uh, it's still a bunch of bullshit. Using hey. my name to that- to benefit. Oh, my I, knew work. Your name. I never, I never told. She never knew your name. I never. My told work, her your- my work equals my name. So well, I told her my using- name. I didn't. No, I didn't. I just showed the pictures and I said that I did this. And okay, so is this bro, the point where we can get to? Is uh, this the point where we can get to the to the the reason why I'm here, which is not even? Well, no, we have to get to the final judgments of this episode first. Then we have to get to our segment this of the week. Is- my God. Okay, continue. Hurry. Uh, it feels like we've been talking about okay. the show for uh, seven hours. Okay, uh, final judgment. Grade up. A plus. Eh, I will give it a B minus. I didn't love it as much as I remembered I was going to. Still love the framework. Love the basic premise. Um, but it just kind of fell flat for me. In, a, in, in laughs, in, in story momentum. Uh, I thought the previous episode and the last few episodes of season two were a lot tighter and better well this being my first episode i will say that it was okay better than i expected but still not great and not really uh heavy on the laughs considering that this is supposed to be a comedy so b plus no uh i would say probably a c right in the middle Ooh, that's pretty good average not bad average yes i'll say i'll agree with average it's not it was not awful it went yeah. by fairly quickly, and there were a few occasionally funny moments. Hey, you know what? You want to have an open mind and, like, you know, say, like, Danny or something like that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't talk to me about him. 
Uh, don't, don't, don't get me started. Did Danny come to your show, Josh? He might have been there. There was a Ugh. special VIP section for certain preferred guests, and he may have been Where's there. Where's that? They got a the jerk-off room? That's inappropriate. But they got private showing of a couple of pieces that were not out on the main floor. Is that, the, is that where you had, like, the, the, the text was really big and, like, you, you let them play with blocks? Oh, I, I, I get it. Yes. That was the that was the daycare facility. That's where you show like movies with obvious messages, like so you could really get into it. Like they show you like babies' first movies, so you could understand what they're talking about. I think they had yeah. all the Veggie Tales movies on a loop. Danny didn't choke on a toy, did he? He uh, he did not. No. Good. I paid paid for him to choke on a toy. <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Good guy. We have him. Back. Yeah, yeah, have him back on the show. Gotta have him back. Uh, All right. But we got to get to our segment of the week today. Uh, since we're on the Milk Nerd Network, uh, we really should get around to this. I don't know why we haven't yet. Because, uh, you know, we had to get with the demographics they have on the. Because, yeah, you know, had the, all the new kid, young kids. And they're always yeah. you know, playing the games. So yeah, this yeah. is uh, video games. What are you playing, bro? Play the theme music, Eric. Oh, hit the A button, Eric, quick. Look, select. <laughs> Start menu. E. No. Josh, hit the X button quick. I'm tapping it as hard as I can. Oh, oh final stage. Oh. We made it. Anyway, this is a segment where we talk about video games, you know, the shit the real kids are playing. Let's yeah. get real over here, son. Let's get real. Josh, what, what the fuck are you playing? Well, currently, I don't have a whole lot of time for games, obviously, which... Still does not explain my appearance here today because this is a game. Uh, but when I do take some time for myself, when I want to unwind after a busy day of creating art that sells for quite a bit of money or art that I may give away to uh, for charitable causes, I like to unwind with a game called Puzzle Merlin, which is uh, basically a game where you build puzzles and you have a, a vicious taskmaster wizard who commands you to keep putting together puzzles and also gives you hints if you get stuck. That sounds really cool. Yes, sounds it's it's amazing. quite exciting and I think I, I don't know much about the, the youth of today, but I, I think that they like this game too. Well, yeah, that sounds like it's going to hit the fucking youth right in the fucking face with how good it is. Anyway, I got this wicked red hot shit coming right at your face. The game is called Brady Bunch Cousin Oliver's Quest and it's wicked fucking cool. You take Cousin Oliver around the house in an RPG-like game. It's got sick 16-bit graphics. So you're like looking around, and you can see all these beautiful colors, well-designed. Because Oliver's picking up all these little things around the house to help him in his quest to save the Brady Bunch from the wicked uh, wizard uh, sorcerer. He hasn't given a name. He's just called Sorcerer. But it's really cool. He's got a cool cloak, and he's like, Mwahaha, and you're like, Cousin Oliver, you got to do it. And the Brady Bunch are in a pit, and you know, I haven't finished it yet, but it's really good. Is it like a 3D uh, third-person action, or how does it... What's the gameplay it's, like? It's uh, like 2D, top, it's a topographical, where you see it from above. Right. So you get like a bird's eye view as Cousin Oliver and his bowl-cut room around the house. Nice. nice. It's really good. Sounds good. <clears throat> Sounds good. Eric, you got some fucking red-hot jams for us to fucking play right now? Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know why you're cursing so much. Um, I, I got a game for the week. Uh, yeah, so I'm playing uh, this new medical game. And basically, it's an RPG. Uh, the very beginning, you plug in your heights and your weights, and you know uh, other 
you know, facts about yourself if you'd like, or whatever character you'd like to play. And eventually, you come to this part early on in the game where you are, uh, you know, have to pick feelings or symptoms or experiences that you know your character's body might be feeling, like uh, like depression or anxiety or, or chest pains or uh, you know blood in your stool. And you uh, enter those in, and you eventually, uh, you know, if, if you prevail, you will eventually come to a sort of uh, final stage of the game where you figure out uh, what is causing these things. It's kind of like a mystery, a medical mystery. So it's pretty good. I mean, it's kind of uh, very mostly text-based with the occasional, like, interactive diagram that you're supposed to kind of use for uh, use for a visual aid but it's mostly a text-based you know sort of uh, Zork type of uh, type of medical thriller but uh, I like it that it's, sounds it's, like WebMD what that's yeah yeah how'd you know let's name it that's not a game what, what? you go to the internet to find what uh, diseases you have oh well this is a CD-ROM but I guess you know similar it's not principle. a CD-ROM but, uh, you just load it up from your uh, internet page Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, it's not a game. No. No. All right. Uh, is is it accurate, though? Uh, yeah, it's pretty accurate, I think. Oh. Well, what were your results, Eric? Uh, about for, for the game? Yeah. How'd you do in the game? What was uh, the mystery I, that you solved? Uh, I, I, I think I won. I think I beat it. I don't know which ending I got. I don't know if I got the good ending, but, um, you know, I beat it. I figured out, uh... Well, did you have good karma? Uh, it doesn't get into Eastern principles like that. It sticks pretty factual to Western medicine principles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't. Uh, you know, I did. I did well. I, I won. I uh, I had. Uh, you know, my character had had some things going on. Anyway, it's been video games and shit. Oh, boss battle! Boss battle! Everyone, put your powers in quick. Get to the weak point. Cross the streams. Cross those streams. Ah. Uh, Double that guy. Uh, uh. Whoa. <laughs> real time, real time button drop. Hey. Okay. Hit the buttons, hit the buttons. Get that one up. Oh, we did it. Anyway, it's been our episode. Great up. Is it? Yeah. Is that it? That's it. What the? Josh, what? thank you for having us. Thank you for coming back. You've been great. You're always a pleasure having you. It's so great uh, to have you on the show again. Okay, yeah. so we didn't even talk about what I wanted to talk about. Wait, huh? what do you mean? You're here to talk about Entourage, right? Yeah. And you did it. And you did it. I know you. it's not your favorite show, but you did it well. And we applaud you. Right, guys? We applaud him. Well, we'll let's just say... Let, let's... Keep going. Okay, thank you. Uh, well, I was going to say that I had originally come on to take you guys to task for my conversation will be punctuated by hand claps. I had come on to take you guys to task for not paying me any royalties for your art after you ended up on the Milk Nerd Network, but... Given your recent legal troubles, I can hold off for a little bit longer to get paid. Again, I know that I said it was charity, 
I know that I was trying to be nice, but I feel like you being on Milk Nerd means that you should be rolling in the dough. <laughs> we were uh, rolling dough a few episodes involved, ago. <laughs> if you weren't involved in these legal troubles that you're in. I mean, you did, correct me if I'm wrong, just cover Wing Commander, and it's not cheap to get the rights to talk about that movie. So you definitely have a little bit of money at your disposal. But again, I understand you're going through legal troubles. I don't necessarily need to get paid right now. But I would like you to throw something my way. I do have my artistic integrity, and I know the value of my work. Uh, well, <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, I, 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 have, I, have a, I have a Quiznos card right here. Uh, you, could, you could use that. Oh, Quiznos. Yeah. Oh, didn't there's you use all like, the money on it already, though? No, there's like three bucks left. That's a king's ransom if you use it the right way. Yeah, you could make that. You could stretch that, right? Get three, three bags of chips, my friend. Yeah, and unlimited water if you hang out there all day. So, it does sound like a pretty good deal. Yeah, um, you know, I wish kind of caught us at a rough time. Our, our, our accounts are frozen. Um, you know, we're kind of we can't really touch our money until this legal issue is resolved. We're still getting our weekly. You know, we're still technically employees. We still technically work here, so we still get our weekly. Uh, wages, but our, our 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 nest egg that went into our signing with the milk nerd, we can't touch it. Hmm. Again, as I've said multiple times, and I'm sure I'm beating a dead horse with this. Let it not be said that I am not a charitable person. So, you give me that Quiznos card. I'll give you this Devo hat, Oof. and then the next time that you're rolling in a little bit of money, that these legal troubles have been cleared away, then we'll okay. talk again about me getting compensated for the work that I've done for you. For bringing, uh, invariably bringing your entire audience to this show. Didn't you do the show for free, the art for free? Isn't that what happened originally? What's going on? What what show is this? Talking about Turtle. Oh, I, again, I, I did give it to you as a, as a charitable donation at the time, but now that I see that you are flush with cash, or at least oh, you were. Or like you a vulture. Be, you see the fat of her bones, you're like... Let me get some of that. Well, again, I know, I I, I know the the value of my work, and I feel like uh, I should be compensated for it. But again, we can work that out later after your legal troubles have been resolved, which I I feel like well, they will be. I don't feel like you'll be thrown in jail. I I don't feel like there will be any sort of incarceration in your future or. Or death well, penalties or anything like that. I think you guys will beat this. You seem to know well, now, about our case, by the way, Josh. Well, now that What's you mentioned, go on. No, continue. I'm listening. Oh, I said now that you mentioned it about our legal troubles. Um, obviously, and uh, I, I'm sure I don't need to say this, but uh, should anything happen to us negatively regarding this case, uh, you know who will never be seeing any money from us. Right? Who's that? Me? That's that's you. Yeah. If if should the should the tides turn against us legally and we end up having to do time or lose our sta- standing at Milk Nerd, you know we will be compromised to pay you back. So I don't think I need to stress that it's in all of our interests here that we stay clean. What Eric is trying to say is, if you come against us, I mean like the royal you, not you specifically. Just like anyone, if you thought that you could get something against us by trying to think you could you know, get a little ahead of us, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's in all of our interests to make sure Andrew and I are kept kept clean. Kept in the clear. Uh, 
You, you understand? I, I think I think I understand what you're saying. Good. I'm glad we have that understanding. So, is there anything else we need to do here? I don't think so. I think we're. I think that's it, right? Yeah. yeah let's, let's wrap this. We're up. good guys. We're, yeah. we're good guys. You know that, right, Josh? You you'll do the right thing. <laughs> oh yes, yes. We're we're good. We're good. We'll do the right. You'll anyway, do the right that's thing. Been talking, that's been talking. That's been talking about turtle. We'll see you next week. Bye. We'll walk you out, Josh. We'll walk you out. All right. Okay. Step- Actually, oh, hey, uh, Eric, you know, I forgot something. Uh, let's get back to the table and discuss something for a moment. Josh, why don't you wait outside? Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Josh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Josh. We'll see you next time, all right, buddy? Watch that, watch that step. It's a doozy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Is he gone? I think so. Josh, you there? He's nope. He's gone. All right. What's he's going to fucking testify against us. Did you hear the tone of his voice? He's like... Uh, I want money. I, I, he wants the money, and that's all the more reason that he's not—he's not, he's not going to get anything from us. Eric, if, if I go to jail, nothing is going to happen. Okay. And if we lose our standing, nothing's going to—you know, get Eric, anything. I need you to do two things right now. One, we walk outside. I need you to put a tracer on Josh's car. Two, okay. I need you to add him to the list. I got milk coming out my dick.